introduction. Welcome to Episode Epiphanies, a podcast where two people who have very different tastes in TV shows try to make each other, nope, they do make each other, watch the pilot episodes of each other's favorite shows in the hopes of making the other person have an epiphany and enjoy a show they wouldn't normally watch. My name is Natasha, and I pretty much only watch cartoon shows. My name is Jessica, and I pretty much only watch live-action dramas. And this week, I made Jesse watch the pilot episode of Gravity Falls, which is a, a, a modern classic of, of <laughs> cartoons. <laughs> I feel like if you're a person who watches cartoons, you've probably watched Gravity Falls. That's fair. It also, like... It came out longer ago than I thought. I feel, because, like, I'm always like, Gravity Falls, that's not that old. And then, like, I think it had its, like, 10-year anniversary recently, or maybe more than that. Like, I think it came out in, like, 2011 or 2012, or or maybe even before that. I'm pretty sure Disney Plus lists it as 2012, but okay. I don't know if they list, like, the year it started or the year it ended. Mm. You know what I mean? It must yeah. be started, but also... It must be started. I don't know. 2012 sounds right. I feel like I saw something recently that was like 10 years and that would be, that would make sense. Yeah. But I also realized as I was watching the pilot, I don't think I've rewatched Gravity Falls since it was airing. (laughs) There's a lot I don't remember about it. So as we talk about it today, if I get stuff wrong or I totally forget stuff, I haven't watched this show since like 2012 or whenever it ended, maybe like 2014 or whatever. Because I was watching it as it aired and I don't think I ever rewatched it, so. I mean, don't worry about it. I badly <laughs> fucked up a supernatural plot line that <laughs> I have seen multiple times. Yeah, so, um, you know, blanket statement. I'll try to remember as much as I can. <laughs> we'll see. But on that note, what did you know about Gravity Falls before you watched it? I knew you liked it. Mm-hmm. I knew it was kind of a mystery or like it was one of those shows where there were like lots of hints going on while it was airing. Mm-hmm. I knew that. I also kind of forgot about this until I was watching like for this and there was like fully like there would be parts in the credits where like there was like you had to play the audio backwards and it would be a secret message and there was like hidden like codes you could decode like like in in the credits or like in the show and like it was like a thing and like people were like decoding all of it and like I'm sure there were like people online communities you know figuring it all out but I remember as it was airing my brother was like figuring out all the codes like writing down all the like secret messages that were in like the intro and stuff and like he was like cracking all these codes and I was like whoa dedication (laughs) so much dedication yeah can't imagine having that much dedication, but good for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a thing. There was, like, secret, secret codes all over the show. I believe that, and I find that really cool. Like, and mm-hmm. that is very interesting to me. I am just not the type of person who would go out of my way to do that. That's, that's totally fair. <laughs> I don't think I ever did either, but I definitely, like, looked up, like, what the, the codes were and stuff. I just was too lazy to decode them myself. I just looked up what yeah. other people decoded. <laughs> I definitely would have paid attention to, like, what other people were doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, when you read grand fan theories about things that I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Didn't didn't think that much about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Wasn't paying that much attention, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, there were, there were a lot of grand fan theories in this show, um, if I remember correctly, it was, like, it aired weekly. It definitely did, because this was before the era of, like, a lot of shows coming out season to season. So, like, between each episode, there was, like, a lot of fan theorizing. It was cool. It was a, it was a good show for that. That's good. 
All right. Anything else you knew about it? Or do you want to just go into what happened in this pilot? I don't think I knew anything else about it. So I should go into the pilot. All right. So Gravity Falls. Yes. So it starts with this voiceover. Uh, The voiceover is Dipper. Dipper is the boy in this show. And it's just... (laughs) The boy. He's the boy. I don't know how old they're supposed to be, because on one hand, some of the things that happen in this episode are very, like, teenager-y, but also they're, like, a foot tall. <laughs> I I think they're supposed to be 13. I'm, I might be wrong about that. They're maybe supposed to be slightly younger, like 12 or something, but I, th- I think they're supposed to be 13. But they are very small compared to the adults. <laughs> They're so small. I was guessing, like, 13, 14 yeah. based on some of, like, the plots in yeah. this episode. I think that's what it is. But genuinely, they were so small. I was like, why are they, like, toddlers? <laughs> Maybe they're just short. I don't know. <laughs> Who's very short kids? Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> that's not how the episode starts. The episode no. doesn't start with a discussion of how short they are. <laughs> Imagine if it did, though. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. Okay, so Dipper starts his voiceover about summer, and he's like, yay, summer holidays, it's so relaxing, and then he's like, that's not me, and a golf cart bursts through the Gravity Falls sign, and they're being chased by what is, at this point, just, like, a humongous shadow, and Dipper and Mabel are in a golf course. Golf course? (laughs) They're in a moving golf course. (laughs) Yes. Accurate. They're in a golf cart Mm -hmm. being chased, and Dipper introduces himself. He introduces his sister Mabel, and it's very record scratch, so you're probably wondering how I got myself into this situation. I totally forgot that that's how this started, and I was like, that's so funny. It's very good. It's very well done. Dipper has the exact right vibe to pull that off. Mm -hmm. Like, his narration, he's very... There's a perfectly logical explanation for why we're in a golf cart running away from some unseemly horror. (laughs) It's like, is there? Is there? Uh, He's a good kid. Mm -hmm. So anyways, we go back in time, flashback before this happened, and we're told that Dipper and Mabel's parents sent them to spend the summer with their great uncle, Stan, in Gravity Falls. And they call him Grunkle Stan. Mm -hmm. And his house is a tourist trap called the Mystery Shack. And it just has all of these, like, dumb, fake conspiracy theory things. And it has Mm -hmm. a Bigfoot that's wearing a diaper. (laughs) And the kids are forced to work in, essentially, the gift shop area. Mm -hmm. This is very funny. (laughs) Imagine if your house was just a tourist trap. That's very good. It's very good. Grunkle Stan is great. Grunkle Stan also has bobbleheads of himself in the gift shop, which is very funny, because if you went to any other museum and there was just, like, a bobblehead of the curator, you would be like, what the fuck is this? I love that, because that implies that, like, people come to this tourist trap just to see him, the owner, because he's such a weird guy. They might. Yeah, I would. So we have the scene of Dipper and Mabel hanging out in the shop, and Mabel has given this guy, and we've never seen this guy before, it's just a guy, mm-hmm. a piece of paper that says, do you like me? Check. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I think definitely is the other one. She's like, I rigged it. And Dipper has this little conversation with her, like, why do you have to flirt with every guy that you see? And she's like, 
we're away from our parents for the summer. This is my one chance to have a big summer romance, which this is kind of the part where I'm like, okay, so they're not that young. No, I, th- I think they're 13. They're like that age where it's like appropriate for them to be having romances, but it's very tame. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we have a little montage of her badly flirting with a bunch of guys. She's kind of scaring these guys. And Grunkle Stan comes up to them. He's like, someone has to go and hammer up these weird signs in the creepy forest. And we meet two other employees whose names are now escaping me. (laughs) But there's a girl who works there. Her name is Wendy. Wendy. And there is a, like, electrician dude whose name I want to say is, like, Seuss? It's Seuss, yeah. Yes, Seuss. Seuss. He's like he's like the the handyman kind of fixer guy there. He like fixes stuff. He was fixing a lot of lights, so I went with yeah. the electrician. <laughs> he's like just like a like the general purpose handyman, I guess, because this place falls apart a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Stan tells Dipper to go hang up the signs, and Dipper kind of doesn't want to because he's like the forest creepy, and Stan says. The forest isn't creepy. It's all lies. Just go hammer up some signs in the forest. It's the middle of the day. Chill out. <laughs> yeah. So Dipper goes, and one of the trees he tries to hammer a nail into makes a weird metal sound. So Dipper, like, kind of investigates, and it opens a trap door, which has a lever, and he pulls the lever, and the lever pops up a trap door that was in the forest floor. And inside the trap door, there's a book that has the number three on it. And this book contains a bunch of notes on monsters and secrets, and it has little codes and a bunch of writing on it, which I imagine some of these are codes that the audience helped figure out. Yeah, I think so. I think there was definitely stuff in the book that was IRL things people decoded. Yeah, which is kind of cool. And Mabel pops up and Dipper's like kind of scared because she comes out of nowhere. (laughs) And she's like, are you really not going to tell me what's going on? And he was like, I will, once we're somewhere private. You were in the middle of the woods, dude. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't want the goat to hear them. There's a goat there, too. I don't remember if you mentioned the goat. I did not mention the goat. (laughs) I remember there being a goat, but I don't think I wrote anything down about the goat. I was just like, okay, a goat. Yeah, there just is a goat. I don't remember if there's a reason why there's a goat. There's just a goat in the forest. (laughs) I just kind of accepted that there was a goat. Yeah. It didn't bother me. I was like... (laughs) A goat. Sure, yeah. Forest goat. <laughs> so Dipper tells Mabel about this book, and she's, she's not dismissive. Like, she agrees with him that it's cool, but she's more excited about the fact that she finally has a date than that Dipper found this book. Mm-hmm. And she goes to go on this date and introduce uh, this guy she's dating to Grunkle Stan and Dipper. And this guy... <laughs> Something about, you see him from the back, and it's just kind of like a dude wearing a hoodie, and then he turns around, and I just lost it. It's so funny to me. It's just this, like, guy who really just looks like a goth teen, except that he crawled out of a bush, and he has some blood on his face. And I was expecting either... Like, something on the other extreme. I was expecting just either a really average boring dude or someone who was, like, clearly, obviously a vampire. (laughs) And instead, it's just this goth guy who looks like he, like, fell into a pit five (laughs) seconds ago. (laughs) And he's very funny. And he says his name is Normal Man. (laughs) Yeah. And then 
And, and Mabel's like, oh, he means Norman. And I'm like, are he, does he? <laughs> also, no spoilers, but later on, you find out this guy's name is actually Jason. And, like, he could have said Jason. <laughs> It's, yeah, yeah, he could have. <laughs> he could have just said Jason, and he's, and he's like, normal man. In, like, the most fucked up voice, too. Yeah, he just... He sounds like he's, like, struggling to talk. He really does. Very good. And Dipper's like, this guy is fucking weird. <laughs> so he goes to consult the bug, and he finds out it's a zombie. And me and any normal audience member has kind of already come to that conclusion because the dude has blood in his face and he looks like he just rolled out of a grave and he's being weird as fuck. Yeah. He's also, like, flopping all over when he's walking. Yeah, he's very odd. So Dipper finds this out and he freaks out and he runs to the window and through the window he can see Mabel and Norman on their date and Norman is doing this little, like, Frankenstein walk towards <laughs> her and... Dipper's like, oh my god, he's gonna kill my sister, what do I do? And then he just kind of puts a little daisy uh, (laughs) necklace on her. Yeah. He's very cute. A normal man thing to do. A normal man thing to do. You give your girlfriend a daisy necklace. There's nothing weird about that. No. Perfectly normal man. Normal teenage man. Leave normal teenage man alone. (laughs) (laughs) So after Dipper freaks out, turns out Seuss is there. Seuss is like, you've been talking to yourself for a while. That's weird. And Dipper admits he thinks that Mabel's boyfriend is a zombie and Seuss is like, how many brains have you seen him meet? <laughs> Which is valid. And admits that he thinks the mailman is a werewolf. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't bring it up because he doesn't want people to think he's crazy. And Dipper goes, that's a good point. So I'm going to get some evidence on why Mabel's boyfriend definitely a zombie. So... We have this little montage of Dipper spying to find zombie evidence, and Norman is weird, (laughs) and it seems like he's definitely a zombie, and he does some things that are just, like, kind of fucking odd, (laughs) but he also just kind of seems like a nice zombie boyfriend. Yeah. (laughs) This is literally a montage of him and Mabel, like, skipping through the forest and hanging out and going on little dates, and I'm like, oh, this is cute. Maybe he's just a nice zombie. Like... Yeah. Do we care that much if she's dating a zombie, if he's, like, cool? Yeah, he seems very nice and loving. (laughs) But Dipper confronts Mabel about it, and he's like, your boyfriend, he's a zombie. And there's a bit here that... I wouldn't mention if it wasn't important to the end of the episode, (laughs) Mm -hmm. because when it happened, I was like, that's weird, but whatever. Essentially, Mabel was trying to practice kissing her zombie BF, (laughs) and she did it with a leaf blower, and she has this big mark on her face from the leaf blower. (laughs) Whatever, it's not important. Dipper's like, your boyfriend, something sketchy about him. And Mabel goes, oh my god, what if he's a vampire? That would be so cool, because we are deep, deep in Twilight era here. Mm-hmm. We are 2012 vampire time. 2012 is actually almost a little late. It's, it is, but I think a 13-year-old in 2012 would still think vampires are cool. I agree, I agree. I think it's like you're ending high Twilight era, but you're, mm-hmm. you've got people there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it's a good it's good timing on a Twilight joke. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. People are laughing at Twilight in 2012, but it's still relevant. Exactly. And it's just funny. <laughs> the whole Twilight thing is great. Dipper's trying to give Babel evidence that Norman's a zombie, and he says something like, he never blinks, and Babel goes, what if he blinks when you're blinking? Which really threw me for a second, because how many people who have I never seen blink and never, like, noticed because I blink? <laughs> Which isn't relevant to this episode. But. Yeah, I mean, how often do you pay attention to whether, like, I feel like it would take me a really long time to notice if someone didn't blink, because I feel like that's a weird thing to really pay attention to. Right, and I feel like a lot of people don't actually make enough eye contact to figure out if someone else is blinking or not. That's true. And now I feel like I'm blinking a lot. Yeah, well, now because we're talking about this, I'm, like, paying attention to you blinking. <laughs> You've definitely seen me blink. I've seen I have. You blink. uh, you've blinked a few times in this in this conversation. I can confirm. We're not zombies. <laughs> so anyways, Mabel gets mad. She tells her brother to, like, fuck off, essentially, mm-hmm. and pushes him out of the room, and she goes on her date. And Dipper goes, well, I don't really have any real evidence. And then he's watching a clip where Norman's hand falls off and he puts back on the hand. And Dipper goes, oh my god, Mabel's dating a zombie. I have to go find her. So he tries to get Grunkle Stan's attention, but Grunkle Stan is like leading a tour group and not really paying attention. So Dipper goes to Wendy and he goes, I need the golf cart to save my sister from a zombie. (laughs) And Wendy goes, yeah, okay, and gives him the keys. Wendy's great. Wendy doesn't care. I'm I'm very proud of her. And then we cut to the best Twilight reenactment of all time. <laughs> where Mabel and Norman are standing in a forest and he has his back turned to her and he's like, there's something I need to tell you. And he turns around and she's like, you can tell me anything. And she's going, please be a vampire. Please be a vampire. <laughs> and then he's like, okay. And he goes to unzip his hoodie. <laughs> And he's just five gnomes. <laughs> he's just five gnomes standing on top of each other. It's so good. It's so good. It's very, very good. <laughs> like, they literally look like garden gnomes. And I love that as soon as they reveal that, he talks totally normal. <laughs> yeah, as soon as he does that, he's like, wait, actually, I can speak perfect English. <laughs> I like that his normal man disguise was, like, less normal than his gnome self. Honestly, his gnome self, full size, would be a normal man. But his normal (laughs) man size, I was like, that's a zombie. Yes. Didn't guess it was five gnomes in a trench coat, though. So, I Mm -hmm. guess it's a good disguise? (laughs) That's true. No one's going to suspect what he actually is. (laughs) I also, I don't know if you noticed this because it's kind of, it's it's easier to notice like when you know where the episode's going, but at one point earlier in the episode when Dipper is showing Mabel the zombie page in the book, he accidentally shows her the gnome page first and he's like, oops, wrong page, and then shows her the zombie page. So it's like a little like hint that it's going to be the gnomes, but it's very like brief. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So the gnomes. The main mm-hmm. gnome, his name is Jason. He wants Mabel to be his gnome queen. And he does a proposal, and it's hard to describe in an audio medium, but the gnomes <laughs> kind of all move, so he's kneel- it's like a kneeling proposal, and it looks really weird, but it's kind of fun. And she goes, well, no, I'm not going to marry you, because, like, I'm a girl, and you're five gnomes, <laughs> which is fair. Yeah. And Jason goes, we'll never forget you, Mabel. 
because we're going to kidnap you. Jason's a dipshit. Yeah, he's not, he's, he's not great. Normal man was way better. Normal man was so much better than Jason. <laughs> Just goes to show you need five gnomes to make a good man. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so we go back to Dipper. Dipper rolls in to the gnome cave. Mabel's beating the shit, shit out of some gnomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dipper rolls in. He's like, she tells him, look, it's a bunch of gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> and Dipper goes, whoa, I was so wrong. <laughs> In Dipper's defense, who could have predicted this? Yeah, it's not something you would have thought of. And Jason tries to convince Dipper that, okay, this is specifically what he said. I wrote down a lot of quotes at the end of the episode because they're very good. <laughs> Jason says, your sister's not in danger. She's just marrying all 1,000 of us and becoming our known queen for all eternity. <laughs> Which, yeah, it's fine. I mean, immortality, a hundred misogynistic gnomes. A thousand misogynistic gnomes. Yeah, you're right. Immortality is not worth it. No. A hundred maybe. A thousand A hundred maybe. I could maybe deal with a hundred misogynistic gnomes. (sighs) Jason tries to have this big dramatic speech about how Dipper will never take her, and Dipper just picks him up with a shovel and tosses him to the side because it's a gnome. Yeah, he's, like, a foot tall. Yeah, and he jumps in the golf cart, and he's like, Mabel, get in, and Mabel jumps in, and they go, seatbelts? And I went, what golf cart has seatbelts? <laughs> Does golf carts not usually have seatbelts? I'm not familiar with golf carts. No. They have an extra safe golf cart. <laughs> Apparently, I'm, I am sure there are golf carts with seatbelts, but it's not common. I've, I've never <laughs> seen one. This is their safety golf cart. That's why he's reminding her about the seatbelt. That's important. That's true. Maybe she's been in a lot of golf carts that don't have seatbelts, so yeah. he's just telling her there is one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's being helpful. So they race off in the golf cart. The gnomes assemble into a giant gnome mech, and they come after them, and we're back at the start <laughs> of the episode. And the gnome mech throws gnome projectiles, <laughs> which is very fun. And then it throws trees, which is less fun. <laughs> Because just tossing random gnomes at someone is more fun. I love, yeah. We're just a bunch of gnomes throwing more gnomes at people. That's very good. And the gnomes are, like, eating the top of the golf cart, too? Yes! <laughs> good gnomes. 10 out of 10. Hate their fucking guts. <laughs> Dipper and Mabel crash the golf cart by the mystery shack and are getting cornered by this giant thing, and they're like, where is Stan? And Stan is inside, showing tourists a little hypnotist wheel and chilling. The world's most distracting object, is what he calls it. It's a hypnotist wheel. Yeah. I don't think that's what those are called, but... I don't know. It's like a little spinny wheel thing. Yeah. So Mabel goes, I have to do it. And Dipper's like, what? And she tells Dipper to trust her, and she tells Jason she'll marry him, and lets him put the ring on her finger. And this is a very nice diamond ring for a gnome. Mm-hmm. And she says, you may now kiss the bride. And she turns on the leaf blower and <laughs> sucks up Jason, and then shoots Jason into the giant gnome mech, and it explodes <laughs> everywhere. And because Jason's gone, they're all like, we have no one to give us orders. And they just run, ar- run away. They're just mm-hmm. gone. 
So Dipper and Mabel have this little sibling heart to heart, and Mabel's like, I guess I'm just kind of sad that my first boyfriend <laughs> was just a bunch of gnomes. <laughs> and uh, Dipper says, look on the bright side, maybe the next one will be a vampire, <laughs> which is good. And they have this little hug, which is very funny. <laughs> they say awkward sibling hug, and I was like, eh, that's kind of cheesy, but whatever, we'll let it slide. And then when they hug, they go pat, pat, and they say pat, pat out loud, and that was very funny to me. Because that actually seems like something siblings would do. Like, I can see siblings having a joke where every time someone tells them to hug, they say pat, pat out loud. Different Mabel's sibling relationship is, is so choice and so good. So they come inside, and Grogo's Stan tells them each to take something from the gift shop, and Dipper takes a hat, which is, this is like his classic hat. If you've seen anything from this show ever, he's wearing this hat. Mm-hmm. And Mabel takes a grappling hook. Hell yeah. This is the first time, I'll talk more about this, but this is the first time in this episode I really liked Mabel. <laughs> she grabs a grappling hook, and she's like, grappling hook! And Grogo's Stan is like, are you sure you don't want a doll or something? And she goes, grappling hook. She's very fun. Uh, and they go to bed and there's this little voiceover of like, who knows what other secrets are going to be unlocked. And there's a scene of Grunkle Stan punching in a code to the vending machine. And then it opens to reveal like a metal elevator thing that goes to his secret lair. And I'm editorializing a bit because <laughs> I don't know that it's a secret lair. I mean, where else would it go? Exactly. <laughs> it's not a secret lair. Exactly. It's got to be a secret lair. So mm. that's episode one of Gravity Falls. Yeah, that is. That is the, the classic Twilight pilot of Gravity Falls. <laughs> um, yeah, so what did you think? What did you think of this? I, I feel like just from your summary, you seem to have enjoyed it more than I thought you would. <laughs> I really liked it. It was really funny. The Twilight thing really got me. <laughs> the Five Gnomes was very good. <laughs> I like the setup of your house being a tourist trap. Yeah, it was good. I think my biggest problem with it mm-hmm. is... The, like, I guess it's not really a trope, but it's, like, a char- the, like, character type that Mabel is, where she's, like, this boy-obsessed girl that's, like, kind of annoying isn't my favorite thing, mm. but the grappling hook at the end gave me faith that the show will develop her in a way that'll work for me. Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, she definitely keeps the, like, boy-crazy trope, but the, like chaoticness of her little grappling hook moment is very much who Mabel is. Mabel is a very, like, weird, chaotic person. Yeah. Kind of contrasting Dipper's very, like, serious, bookish kind of character. Um, I really like Mabel, uh, but I could see how just her in just this episode seems like she could be kind of annoying. Yeah, she kind of comes off as, like, that girl that's just, like, annoying. That's fair. (laughs) That's around in shows, and... I'm sure that's not who she is. It's part of, like, a pilot being small and you have to, Mm -hmm. like, get people there really fast. Mm -hmm. Anyways, on that note, so that I know how much spoilers to talk about in the rest of the episode, do you think you would watch more of this? Yes. Ooh! (laughs) I I really liked it. I found it really funny and I thought it was intriguing and I kind of want to know where it goes. So don't, don't give me any spoilers. Okay. That's actually great because as I was watching the pilot and sitting there being like, I don't think I've watched this show since it came out in 2012, 
I was like, I kind of really want to rewatch it now. <laughs> Let's watch Gravity Falls. I'm like, I'm into it. I got to the end of the episode and I was like, what if I just like watch the next episode? Oh my god, this is this is great. This is a bomb on my soul. This totally makes up for the Hollow, <laughs> the Great North, all these other shows where you broke my heart. I'm fine with it now. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I can uh, heal your soul. Yeah, this this show is really well made. Like, there's a reason why it became so popular when it came out. I feel like yeah. it's really well done. Um, okay, I will keep the spoilers light. Luckily, there's a lot of stuff I don't remember, so... <laughs> Wait, can I, I do my predictions? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, in general, if you're listening to this, don't worry, I'm not going to spoil too much. What do you think happens in the rest of the show? I want to hear your theories. I think Grungle Stan has an evil lair in the basement where he keeps... Uh, cages full of <laughs> mythical creatures. I was not sure where the end of that sentence was going. <laughs> I doubt it's actually that dark. Something about the weird, like, elevator made me think of season four of Buffy, where there's that weird society that keeps all of the, like, supernatural creatures in cages to study them. I think there are two other books, because the book Dipper has says three on it, Mm -hmm. and... Like, there is a chance that that's just a weird audience clue, but I think there are two other books. And I think the whole thing is actually a Twilight fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) That would be incredible. 40 episodes of Twilight parody. It's a 40-episode Twilight parody, except every episode there's a different creature that's quote-unquote Edward. <laughs> and it's like a weird parody of what would have happened if Bella had a protective twin sibling, like an overprotective brother. And the the funny thing is, the one where it's actually a vampire, Mabel's really not into him and Dipper is. That would be amazing. <laughs> Oh, and you know what else I knew about this show before Mm -hmm. we started? I knew that there was, like, not really, but kind of canning queer rep with, I want to say, Grunkle Stan and a cop. Or two cops? It's two cops. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I knew something. <laughs> yeah, there's there's two cops who um are like very much seem like they're a couple, and then I think like if I remember correctly, like there's in the finale, there's like a moment that's like very chippy, and then like word of God confirmed, like the the creator confirmed that that they're a couple, but it was like this is also this show was very much in the weird era where like a lot of cartoons were trying to put queer rep in, but they just weren't allowed by Disney. Yeah. There's more there are Disney cartoons now that do have queer rep, but like this was very like this was very much in that time where like they were trying but it wasn't really happening. And I think like the creator of this show has talked about how like he wanted to have more queer rep in his show and like he's worked on other shows afterwards, I think, that have had more queer rep. Yeah, that was a thing. I remember when that was happening, that was a thing. So the closest we got were these two cops who were like confirmed to be a couple, but they're yeah. Fair enough. I, I just spoiled one of your other questions, but <laughs> Yeah. I know, I was gonna bring that up in the in the in the canon gaze part, but We answered it retroactively. We answered it retroactively. <laughs> or What's the opposite of retroactively? No, pre, pre, prematurely. Prematurely? Yeah, I guess that is the the opposite of retroactive. All right, any other theories about what happens other than that? The, there's gay cops. My theory is gay cops and Dipper falls in love with a vampire. <laughs> a lot more than that happens. No, it's all Twilight fanfic in my heart. 
oh, this show goes places. It gets really wild. And I won't say too much about that because I don't want to spoil it now. But it really, it the it, crazy things happen. It gets a lot more involved plot-wise than just like, Mabel dates a different monster every week. <laughs> <laughs> I assume at least the first couple episodes are like, feels so weird to call a cartoon a procedural, but like <laughs> in the idea that it's a procedure of some person or thing shows up that Dipper thinks is a monster, Dipper researches it, has to pull in other people to solve the problem, Mm -hmm. the problem gets solved. I assume at least a couple episodes are in that vibe before it gets, like, big and plotty. I think so. Again, because it's been forever since I watched this, I don't remember specifically, like, what happens in in episode two, episode three, but, like, I'm pretty sure you're right. I think that the first bit is that, kind of, like, each episode he learns about a new thing from the book and whatever, um, and then it starts to get more plot involved. But literally, after I watched the pilot, I was like, cool, I do not remember what happens in episode two. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to guess my favorite character? I don't know. My favorite character is Dipper. Is your favorite character also Dipper? My favorite character is also Dipper. <laughs> I thought maybe because Dipper gets the most time in this episode, there might be someone who's, like, developed more later that could be mm. your favorite character. But yeah, Dipper's very good. Yeah. I do also really like Mabel. I think it's kind of, like, equal, uh, um, pretty much, like, they're they're pretty much both my favorite. And there are a lot of good other, like, side characters, but I don't know. I really like Dipper. I think he's a very good main character. He just has a really good, like... He's kind of the straight man in terms of, like, no one believes that the town is as crazy as it is, but he's also very endearing, and I don't know. He's good. I like him. Yeah, he's fun. He has a good narrator vibe, and I feel Mm -hmm. like the position he's holding in the show has a lot of potential to make him annoying or even just, like, very basic. Mm -hmm. It is the informational position of the show. Mm -hmm. essentially, but the show does a very good job of, like, making him someone with a personality. He's looking out for his sister. He's also confronted by five gnomes. Uh (laughs) (laughs) There's very little you could do with a character that confronting them with five gnomes wouldn't make them a more fleshed-out character. (laughs) So that's my writing tip of the week. If you have a character and you're struggling with what their personality is or you think they're a little flat... (laughs) Have them be confronted by five gnomes. They will surprise you. Probably. (laughs) There's very little you could do that wouldn't surprise me if there were five gnomes in front of you. God, I love the five gnomes. Oh, I also, there's also a character who's just a pig named Waddles. And I love Waddles the pig. I love a pig named Waddles. Waddles is very cute. Waddles is Mabel's pet. I don't remember exactly when she gets Waddles. I kind of, I couldn't remember when Waddles like, showed up, and when she was like, you may kiss the the bride, I was like, wait, is she gonna pull out Waddles and make him kiss Waddles? <laughs> but no, I think she gets Waddles later on. She, she, she acquires this pet pig somehow. I don't remember how. <laughs> I can't wait to meet Waddles. Yeah, I think you'll like him. <laughs> also, okay, so while I was watching this, I was trying to remember, I was like, do I really have any ships in this show? I was trying to remember, like, what ships there were when it was coming out, and I was like, I feel... Like, the main relationship I really cared about in the show was just Dipper and Mabel's, like, sibling relationship. And then I remembered a relationship, which there is no way you can guess, because both (laughs) of the members of the relationship are huge spoiler, just their existence. 
our okay. spoilers. <laughs> and I don't quite remember enough of the show to remember if this was just something the fandom shipped and I thought was funny or if that I genuinely, like, liked it. So I really want to rewatch it and, and think about these characters again. Okay. And I can't look at anything else about it because they're both huge spoilers. It's very funny to me that the existence of characters could be spoilers, but I, I like that. Yeah. I, 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 I wonder if the people listening to this will know what I'm referring to. I hope they do. Uh, I really hope that that ship's not, like, secretly problematic and I don't remember or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, now I want to watch this with you and then see those characters again and be like, mm, yes, are they shippable? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's about all I have to say for Guess What Canon Ship. Mabel dates a mer, mer person at one point. Nice. That's good. I don't think she dates a vampire, but I can't remember. It could happen, honestly. I don't know. <laughs> I miss normal man before he was dipshit Jason. Yeah. Um, And then we already talked about canon gays. There's the two cops. That's that's pretty much it. There's a lot, there's a lot of like fandom headcanon about Dipper being trans. And there's a lot of that like fanon theory that you could definitely like read into, but I don't think it was like explicit intended, but it's a cool headcanon. Yeah. Good headcanon. Yeah, that's, that's, we, we, we pre, preactively, preemptively, pre, pre oh, hold on, pre, oh, I had a word that escaped to me. Proactively, we proactively, that's not really right, I don't know. Preemptively seems more the opposite of retroactively than proactively does. Even though proactively, like, word-wise should be, because they both have active. This is completely unimportant. What do you mean we don't need 10 minutes in this episode of us <laughs> discussing vocabulary? Since we proactively talked about the canon gaze, that's my last question for you. I'm so glad we proactively did that. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to have to watch the show. We're going to have to do a bonus episode and I'm going to have to talk about my weird, potentially problematic ship that I only <laughs> half remember. This unknown secret ship we can't even discuss. <laughs> That's very funny to me. I legitimately cannot think of a live action show where the existence of characters would be a spoiler. Yep. I guess some live action shows have like a random half sibling, but they would never be part of a ship. They would just be a random half sibling. I'm so excited to watch this and then tell you what I'm talking about and you can tell me whether or not you agree that their existence is a spoiler. Yeah, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I want to know about their spoilery existence. All right. So, on that note, what are we watching next? We are watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Mmm, that's the one that has, like, a musical in every episode, right? Yes. It doesn't have a musical in every episode. It is a musical. Oh, okay, cool. Like, if I was going to name it genre, I would say musical. Oh, I thought it was just, like, there was a musical number in every episode. There's usually more than one. Okay, cool. That's all I know about it. I don't know anything else about that show, so... That's fair. It's very good. I'm excited. Okay, thank you all so much for listening. You can email us at episodeepiphanies at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at epiphaniespod, or tweet us with the hashtag epiphaniespod. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes, and we mm-hmm. will make a Twilight fanfiction for you. <laughs> we will turn your review into a Twilight fanfiction. Somehow. That would be impressive. We'll write what you would do if you were confronted by five gnomes. 
based on the vibe we get from you from your review, how would you react <laughs> to five gnomes flirting with you, trying to make you their queen? Forget Myers-Briggs. The only personality <laughs> test I care about is what you would do when confronted by five gnomes. What would you do if confronted by five gnomes? I have no idea what I would do if I was confronted by five gnomes. But I bet you know what you would do if you were confronted by five gnomes. Because you are smarter than both of us combined. It's true. Bye. Bye. that it's the Twilight reveal something about that like fake ass like Twilight parody turning into gnomes like imagine if Edward was just gnomes that would be incredible honestly Twilight remake Edward is five gnomes in a trench coat I wish Edward was five gnomes in a trench coat God, imagine, what's the the second Twilight book where Bella's just, like, super depressed because Edward's not there, but she's really depressed because the five gnomes are gone? She's like, oh no, my five gnomes. I'm doing it with Jacob, he's only three gnomes. (laughs) (laughs) He's not enough gnomes for me.